the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the SpotTrack.com podcast. My name is Paul Peck with the founder and editor of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti, our regular third member of our crew here, Kevin Sylvester, off on assignment. So Kevin won't be with us today. But, Mike, here we are with the pre-free agency, current negotiating period version of the SpotTrack podcast. So as we record this on Monday afternoon, stuff has started to fly and likely before we're done recording this more stuff will fly so we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that you've already seen happen that are sort of market trendsetters and because we know there's going to be a lot more things that'll happen before Wednesday there will but there's a reason we're doing this on the Monday I mean I mean anybody waiting till Wednesday is yeah too late two and a half days too late right I mean noon hit and bang 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 right for for deals in right so obviously deals are flying all around the NFL you know announced deals that will be official Wednesday we've already seen some new highest paid players at positions Um, so we'll talk all about that but I guess we have to start (laughs) with the place that we've talked for the last couple of weeks because we now have a final resolution to where is Antonio Brown going and we know he's going to Oakland and boy this was an interesting weekend with a lot of ups and downs and I've got some thoughts Thoughts on the fact that, you know, he forced himself into this situation and he got him and he got exactly what he wanted to. Right. He got paid, which if that's all that Antonio cared about, then then congratulations, Antonio. But you forced yourself into what is a far worse situation than one you're coming from. And good luck to you out there in Oakland slash Las Vegas, where you have no idea who your quarterback is and you're on a bad team. So, you know, hey, God love you. Enjoy your paychecks. But um, the way it, the way he went about it, I didn't like. And I think it sets a bad precedent because bottom line is he got what he wants. So why wouldn't everybody else in the league that wants to get what they want do the same thing? Well, let's preface this with the, the, the point that we are in Buffalo right now. Yeah, well, that's another factor. <laughs> and in I did get up at 2 a.m. because I thought that, you know, all hell was breaking loose. And Ian Rappaport was reporting that this thing was done right Antonio close did, in Ian's defense he said not final close but to a agreed deal. okay right. well see I don't even know I, I saw the yeah. one that said close and which obviously proved to yeah. not be true and set everybody off in Buffalo thinking that <laughs> the deal was squashed by Antonio's lack of desire to come here which depending on who you want to believe because Rosenhaus has addressed this a little bit yeah. he said it never got to that point um, but ultimately uh, you know, I, I would suspect the Bills did not want to meet the full price, which is what it would take for Antonio to be willing to play here. Sure. I think a lot of teams were at that point, right? We'll, we'll definitely take them and we'll give you a two picks for them, but there's no talking about this contract, which generally I'm pretty, I'm pretty pessimistic when it comes to this stuff. But I, I have to say, if, all, if you're giving up two picks... Right. And he's a third to fifth, granted. Right. It wasn't even a two. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which Amazing, is isn't it? But if, if that's what you're giving up, that's still a decent amount of draft stock, right? Yeah, for a team it, heading towards yes, the draft here. Yes, it, it is, but it is. you're also getting. Well, I mean, I, it, it, I think we would all agree that is an incredible bargain basement sure. price for the quality of player you're getting. But now, again, you have to think of it is, is if you're going to make Antonio as highly paid as he was, you're going to go to the Steelers and say, if I have to pay what I'm paying for him, I'm not giving you what you think his value is. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's getting thirty, like thirty-one million guaranteed over the next two years, assumedly, right? 
Right. He was already getting 26 million cash on his past deal. So it's really only a, a, a slight so gain? It's like 5 million more, but all of it guaranteed. And that's the kicker. The, the Steelers don't guarantee these salaries. Okay. So the Steelers were out because the Steelers were never going to do this. And they've already restructured them twice. They're, it's done. Right. Right. They did. Aside from all the off the field stuff. Yeah. Contractually, it, but, they were done there. But the, when you dig down into this, and I haven't seen the structure yet, but everything I've heard and read assumes it's 31 million guaranteed over two years, which is fine. That's 15 and a half for your number one receiver, which any team he's going to, that's what he's going to be. Right. So if we're talking in those terms, we're talking about a five, five million increase and we're slapping a guarantee over two years, which that's normal. Right. That's normal for an elite wide receiver. Right. I, I have to be... A 31-year-old wide receiver as well, too. Still. Still. Okay. Yeah. Still. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that his production is going to fall. His production may fall because of who he's playing with and around. But, fair, but yeah, I, I'm with you. But it's still, it's still 31 year old receiver who's not getting better. He's getting worse at that age. Sure. But 15 and a half is not top yeah, of the not line. Ridiculous. Market. Yes. It's not, it's not for it's, a team that had a lot of cap space. Right. Right. So when you when you break down the numbers and you're only adding five million and you're getting that player and you're you're only giving up the sixty sixth pick and the one hundred and fortieth pick, right? Which we've talked, you know, exhaustively about how if it's out of the top one hundred, it's garbage, basically. Absolutely. So it's really one pick and, you know, five million more that you had to guarantee. So it's I the deal to me was secondary, even though everything I've read and heard and, and Rosenhaus has said, that was the, that was the key. That was the key that left a lot of teams out. That was the key for what Antonio Brown needed. Now, if the bills were in that camp, I, I get it, right? 30 million cash that's going escrow. I get it, right? That's a lot of money. But, yeah, but they had to know what neighborhood they were dipping their toes in when you pick up the phone call. So, you know, uh, right. you know, I mean, again, which leads me to believe that I do think that maybe Antonio had a list of teams he wanted sure. to go to and a list of teams he didn't. I, I'm, you know, I'm with and, you there. And maybe in Antonio and Drew Rosenhaus's world, in order to convince him to go to Buffalo, they may have had a gone $40 million guaranteed just to make up to convince his change his mind. And, and again, inherently, that's what bothers me a little bit because it, Antonio Brown controlled this situation from through and through and he did it by doing one of the one things you're never ever supposed to do as a professional athlete which is quit on your team he did and to me that's the point that's being undersold here right it's not about the demand right it's not that he came out and said i need more i need more money i want off this team i hate my quarterback the, the last game and a half last year he was basically off that team he was on the sideline he was doing nothing he was off that team that 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 should be addressed more and more. Maybe there's a suspension com- Maybe maybe there's a conduct suspension coming for for a situation like that. You know, there should be. Great there players should be. get away with a lot of stuff. They do, and he is a great player, and that's what I mean. Let's let's not spend too much time on this. I, I just think if if you you if you had ambitions and you and your team was going after Antonio Brown, and what you hear is they weren't willing to guarantee him any money. That's an F for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I, an F for me. And, and honestly, you know, again, so now let's look at it from the Raider perspective. Yeah. Obviously, they're, you know, they have a coach who tends to lean a little more towards the veteran players. Yeah. You have a new general manager, but what I think we all know Gruden is pulling the strings there with Mike Mayock. Uh, they're a team that is bereft of stars, partly because of their own trading away of them. Um, you're a team that's moving into a high profile headlining market. So that means somewhere along the line, you say, we got to have a few star players to sell to the people in 
Vegas. So from a Raider perspective, based on what they gave up, I guess it I guess it's a good deal for them. I you know, I, I don't fault John Gruden for making the effort. Like I said, they don't really know who their quarterback is. They don't really have a very good team right now. Um, so I don't know what Antonio Brown thinks he's getting into, but from a Raider perspective, what are your thoughts on just looking at it from the team side? Yeah, I agree with the car stance. I think Carr remains in 2019, and they see how this goes. But he's on a year-by-year deal now. And you don't think there's a chance they draft a quarterback pretty high? Of course they do, because okay. my, ne- my next point was they still have five top 100 draft picks. Right. Gonna have so, to, gonna use one of those yeah, on the quarterback. Yeah, of course, and a wide receiver. By the way, I mean they're yeah. gonna do this. They're gonna they're gonna turn all this over. I, yeah. Like I said, it's a three-year deal for Antonio Brown. That's most likely a two-year deal. So. Mm-hmm. This is a short window. I don't think they do very well in those two years, you know, unless Derek Carr returns to 2016 form. Well, they did just sign the highest paid left tackle in football as well, too, unless you're holding that for our next segment. You, you, you know what else? You know what else Trent Brown was? The 30th rated offensive yeah. tackle, according to Pro well, Football Well, you know, and again, I think we have, if we, Still, if you should all have 30th. learned your lesson and all you have to do is point to Nate Solder and now Trent Brown to say, how good was Trent Brown? How good was Trent Brown? Because he had Tom Brady and the Patriot system around him and tell you what there is uh, you are polar opposites to the Patriots yes. Tom Brady and the Patriot system that where you're headed now but again good God love you he cashed in he did yeah he, he got was what he a wanted. decent player in San Francisco last two years ago as well too right before the Patriots traded for him the goddamn Patriots, though. <laughs> the Patriots <laughs> gave up how to play nothing. this stuff or what the Patriots gave up like a fifth round pick to get him from San Fran yeah and won a Super Bowl. Turned him into a left tackle in about a day and a half. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Won the Super Bowl, and now and then when his price got more than they were willing to pay, they're like, "Okay, see you." We'll now they now one. they get a third round comp pick out of it. That's and that's the other thing and we the, talked about. The this train last week. just keeps yeah. on rolling. You know, it's yep. crazy. Um, I will say this, and they're going to be get a little. They'll get a third round comp out of Trey Flowers as will. well too, who was also we'll on there. your list of people to talk about. Um, one one negative point to the Patriots though, and, and it's surrounding those two players. Both of those players were bona fide free agent stars here. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe two of the top three free agents on the market, right? True. Um, they were going to get paid huge money. They were going to be. They were going to reset their positional markets, and they both did. Why didn't they get a franchise? Why didn't one of those players get a franchise tag? That's a great because question. if there's a franchise tag, Flowers more so, right? Because he's a better player, but it's a higher tag. Right, so it's harder to you know, and that. and again, what the here's what makes the Patriots more most um, the most among the most but amazing things. Let me jump do. in. Okay. It wasn't a tag to keep him, by the way. I'm talking a tag to trade him to trade him to right. trade him, right? Because yeah. then you've got oh, then, to then try you to get the picks back. Well, because they probably knew nobody was going to do that. Uh, see, I, I disagree. I think the market for the edge defender got so thin when the tags came out. Trey Flowers was far and away the the top free agent. Far and away. I mean, he got 17 million without even trying here. <laughs> you think teams around the league are also scared off by the same thing that we just talked about with Trent Brown? Apparently not. Apparently no. But I mean, are, are, are teams starting to get scared off about Patriots free agents? Well, of course. Every, every team should be, of course, except for the Lions. But Well, right. The Lions signed about four of them today. But uh, look, Trey Flowers didn't have 10 sacks. He had six and seven over the past couple of years. You know, he, but he's... A forced fumble kind of guy. He's pretty good back in the coverage. He's a complete player. He was what a second or third round draft yeah. pick. Yeah, he's so a the nice Patriots player. are clearly saying we'll go find it. This is a deep draft for pass rushers. Yeah, we'll go use one of our multitude of picks on the next. I guess that's flowers. my point, though. I think if I think if they slap a tag on him and make him available via trade, I think they get that pick back. I think they do, and they go shopping with that. 
Um, I just, yeah. I just, I wonder if that's interesting because nor- well, normally they're the one team that does that. Well, kind of I'm stuff. not going to blame them because we've we've gone through a few years here where where that just doesn't happen. Right. The franchise tag has become untradeable. Number one, because the price is so high now on most of them. But look, <laughs> it's no secret that this this salary cap has risen so much in the past couple of years that the numbers are stupid, and we're going to talk about these stupid numbers. The franchise tags are no longer anomalies. They're just right. mixed in with the rest of the salaries sure. now. So if that's the case, I expect next year this conversation to become a forefront. I, I think if you're going to tag a player you know, who's sitting on a fifth-year option right now, that player should have trade value because it's, you know, it's going to be as you don't want to have to deal with what we just saw. You don't want to have to deal with this, this bidding war that's for some of these players, especially in the secondary. Holy cow, that we saw um, just to get a guy into camp. So I, that's for, for me looking forward to next year already. That's something I think that has to come back around. If these franchise tags are going to be in the mix, tag your player, get what you can. Look at Dallas is trying like heck to sign all these guys. But if they're not going to get the Marcus Lawrence done, they have to trade him, and that that will be right, the new barometer. You can't ref, you can't ha- have no. that big a payoff for a player. No, you can't have that that right. tag that but, cap. Be- before we get to rattling off some of the other news of the day here, the, the one other point I was going to ma- mention to you about the Patriots was here's where they're where they're completely opposite of what every other team in the league does. Normally, you don't let your good players leave. You don't right. let your good players walk. That's sort of a mantra for every <laughs> NFL team. We have good players. They're good, young, productive players. We know we're going to have to pay them. We will pay them in order to keep them. What the Patriots do is completely the opposite. And Trey Flowers is a prime example of that, more so than Trent Brown, was we developed a draft pick of ours into a really, really good impact player. And instead of trying to trade him, we let him go. And, And yet it does not hurt their sustained level of success, which is amazing because there's not likely any other of the 31 NFL teams that could operate that way and still be successful. No, there's. I mean, that's been said. So how do they do it? Yeah, it it, it has to be. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you come from you know a situation where scouting's a big deal. It has to be that every role has a specific set of parameters. No question, right? That's I totally mean, the. Patriot I mean, they way. know exactly what they need to go find to replace Trey Flowers right. right now, and they've probably got six guys on a list somewhere to do it. Whether oh, yeah. that's a free agent or whether that's a draft or, or both, probably. But they just must have. I mean, their, their system is so evolved now. Well, when you say scouting, though, I think I want you to be specific because they're drafting history has been scattershot for the Patriots. They, it good, but not always good. So maybe it's the pro scouting. Maybe yeah. it's the right, once you get it. Maybe it's right. the coaching. Once you get in the door here, we are going to coach you to your strengths. We're not going to ask you to do things you're not good at. You know, I mean, again, look at their offensive line. Look at the construction of their offensive line. Dante Scarnecchia considered one of the best offensive line coaches, but it's it's okay. You're going to give me this free agent center and I'm going to say here's the three things I need you to do we're going to coach you to be great at those we're not going to ask you to do things four five and six and if you do those three things you can be our starting center I I completely agree um I just think yeah there has to be a, a parameter in place right there has to be I mean but this this thing is 15 years old now right this and this it's changed system, coaches and it's changed players but I don't think the schemes have changed that much nope, right and it hasn't changed the most important guy yeah of course but I just I, to that point I, I just think there uh, it's like with a two slot. most important guys 
Of course. Yeah. yeah of course. Um, all right. Let's get to some of these. Okay. Cause, cause they, right, are, so they are rolling in yep, as I'm, I'm having. I'm sure there's three more since we started this. <laughs> they so, are. so go ahead. Hit, you know, hit me up with Let's what start with seeing. Trey Flowers. Let's okay. start with it. I don't have the, the total numbers yet, but it looks to be about five years, 80 million. All right. Where does that fall in the world of defensive ends? Pass rushers? 17 million. I mean, okay. that's top five, top, okay. top four right now. So he better be great. Right. Yeah, Matt he Patricia better, better that, that pounded on the table, and he better be right. Let's, and uh, again, there's that history of guys, once they leave New England, they're not ever as good as they were. Let's stay with the Lions. Let's just go right down the Lions today because it has been pretty impressive here. They signed Justin Coleman away from Seattle, who's okay. a nickel cornerback. They but a very good one. Nine million a year, though. A lot. That's right. Completely reset that market. corner in the league, right? Completely reset that market. Right. This morning earlier, they agreed with Danny Amendola. Okay. okay. Who's, I think, on the tail end of his but career. Almost six million. Four and a half guaranteed. One-year deal? Yeah. Um, we talked about Trey Flowers. That's that's the big payday, obviously. Um, they just bring in Jesse James, tight end from the Steelers. Who I think was pretty well sought after mm-hmm. around the league. Yeah. So that's the Eric Ebron replacement right there. Right. Right. Um, they're rebuilding it all from the ground up here, and they're do- using free agency to do it, which is something we have seen be unsuccessful so many times over yes. the past years. Yes. So it's dangerous. They're- now, unless Matt Patricia smuggled out that Patriot Way Bible out of, on his way out of Foxborough, well, he better be right because they're because if he's not right, he he he'll lose his job and he'll set that. For, and I know their GM is a Patriot guy as well too. The former so, sc- scouting director slash player personnel right. guy. I mean, this guy knows so, the inside of the Patriots more than. Right. So then, so that you know, and again, whether whether they've got the trademark on the building, great. If not, you're 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 both out, and you'll set the franchise back for a lot of years. But again, it's Detroit, so setting it back isn't a really high bar. <laughs> I like that. Um, all right, let's keep going. I mean, all right. Anything else to say about Trent Brown? Uh, no, other than, you know, uh, again, uh, that just smacks of me of the worst signing of, of whatever's going to happen over the next two days. Is, it was, it was is released you took a mid, 1201 uh, You PM. took a good guy and paid him like he's great, and the only reason he was great was because of who he was playing with, and now you're going to be you're gonna ask him to be the cornerstone of your offensive line with a mediocre quarterback, yeah. and he doesn't have the ability to do it. John Gruden couldn't wait to get that one out to the media. Oh, was that literally the literally the first one? It was, was a bang. Okay. Schefter, that was Schefter's first tweet. Right. So you know those are coming, but you never know who it's going to be. And it was the big one. It was a big splash. So I look. It's it's a two year deal. So let's right. not get crazy. Okay. It's a two no, for thirty six. That's, that's good. Yeah. It's uh, on on its edge. It's gonna and, and by the way, uh, to go back to a, a recent podcast we had, it's heavily second year loaded. $21 million of the salary money in Vegas because of the move to Vegas. Yeah. Anticipated. Move, you know, it's funny say. watching Trent Brown play because we see so many Patriots. He's huge. He's one of the largest yeah. left tackles in the league. And you watch him and you're like, that guy doesn't look like he can play at all. He doesn't look like yeah. he can move. He doesn't look like he has any flexibility. He just looked too big. But again, to his credit, he was a really good player. We think. Or he was made to look really good, which is what we'll find out. Look, Derek Carr holds that ball a long time. Yes, he does. He is, Trent Brown is going to have to become an athletic left tackle in the next six months because. And I don't think that I don't <laughs> think he has that in him. That's not who he is. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It is risky. It is dangerous, but it is a two-year deal when, in terms of the guarantees. And I do have the structure inside in, on the site already. So anyone who wants to take a look at that, it is a straight two-year deal um, with options thereafter. Let's keep moving here. Oh, man, they're rolling in nice here. A uh, couple of small Bengals signings, really nothing to talk about there. Let's see. What did you think about Dwayne Allen? 
Miami. That's Miami's I, only signing, by the way. A good signing. Because yeah. I think that's a guy who they're was gonna run asked the ball, to right? play a very small role in New yeah. England and was pretty good at what he did. Um, and you felt like that was a guy that a team that had a bigger role for a tight end was going to yeah. be all over. Uh, you know, I don't think he's not an 80 catch a year guy, but he's a 40 catch, you know, short yardage and red zone, but, but mostly a blocker. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I like that. I Me like too. that signing. Me too. They're going to slow play this this free agency because they're going to wait and probably release Tannehill post June first. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of moving parts in Miami. I mean, they, they're going to need a quarterback too. Yeah, and well, the, they'll, they're going to have to move draft up one or, or aggressively go after one. I think they have to move up in the draft to get one. Yeah, just the way it's kind of hashing out teens, here. Right? Yeah, it's gonna yeah. it's they're going to have to move up if they want one of those top two. Otherwise, you know, I, th- that could be a situation where you know, Blake Bortles or <laughs> one of those guys land. You know, it could be. It could very well be. Speaking of, no Nick Foles news yet. Um, I hear it's coming though. It, it sounds like Jacksonville is the one and done only deal. Yeah, one and only is Jacksonville. Okay. Um, let's go back to the defense. First of all, Malik Jackson, were you around for this situation? No. Well, okay. uh, you mean what happened with his release there? Because he was he's only been in Jacksonville for a couple of years, and he was really a player credited with a lot of their success two years ago. Yeah, he he actually made forty five million over the past three years though, so he did well financially for a team that just. It just blew up, right? Yeah. I mean, the defense was ready to go, and that right. team just. But blew when up. they were going, he was a big oh, reason why. Oh, sure, it's a great signing for Philly. My, the, what the point I wanted to make was, ESPN originally reported this as a one-year, sorry, a three-year, ten million dollar contract. Yeah, no way. And we all freaked out. I, had a, I basically had a heart attack because you know, yeah, that's that's bonkers money. Right, it's three for thirty, ten, okay. 10 million a year. So, still, so still. the Eagles get rid of Bennett, still. trade him to New England, right. um, and essentially replace him, even though it's tackle for end, but replace yeah. him with another good, solid. Yeah, veteran. Jackson can get to Guys the Guys want to play in Philly and they want to play in that D line, right. don't they? They're becoming a little bit Patriots issue. Yes, they're starting to get some nice value deals. They're, they're Howie Roseman is a trader, and that is a. T-R-A-D-E-R, by the way. Right. <laughs> um, he always has been, and it's to his credit, and it, that is starting to pay off because that's that's an underrated point of what the Patriots do. They trade people all year round. So you're talking about Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson as their two D yeah. tackles. That's pretty but good. But Brandon Graham on a three for thir- uh, yep. 30, I mean, really nice value mm-hmm. for these couple of you know acquisitions or guys they kept around. Uh, there, there's a wide receiver to be had there. It's coming somewhere. I'm not mean, sure where it's coming from. You mean they're going to trade one? Uh, or no, no, sign to bring one. in. Uh, right. whether, I, I would assume there's, there's there a was draft some talk pick. about them trying to trade Aguilar, too. Uh, or maybe just outright release. Right. Yeah, I think they want that. In terms of the cap space they need, they might have to let him go before Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, no dead cap to do that, by the way. But they're, I, my guess is they're waiting on Deshaun Jackson to be released. Yeah, and then, which and then it sounds like he supposedly him. there was uh, it's some comments that said he, he's done there. And that was trader release from Tampa. I think they're just trying to use the next two days. So he goes back him. to Philly then and finishes his career there? To me, that's what it sounds like. We'll see how that hashes out. But yeah, they're not going to trade for him. They want to see and they want to get him on his own on their own terms, which, right. as we've seen, have worked out well. Uh, before we get to the Redskins, let's let's go out west. San Francisco 49ers, Quan Alexander, an inside linebacker. Tampa but, Bay, right? Yeah, Tampa. Tore his ACL last year. Mm-hmm. Was on was on track for monster, monster money. Tore his ACL, so his, his value dipped because of it. But this guy's kind of like a, uh, a, a, a horizontal linebacker, but also a safety. I mean, his coverage is outstanding. So, so and, and, and I... Pardon me if I'm not entirely dead on with this. They're looking to replace what Reuben Foster had been able and, to and give then them some. as you know, in as far as athletic ability at linebacker. That this sound like that's the replacement there. If he's healthy, he's a freak. But he got money. 
He right. got four for 54. Wow. Half Coming of that's guaranteed. Coming off the ACL. So he got th- he reset the entire linebacker market at $13.5 million. Wow. Um, so that's a big splash. Like I said, though, $27 million guaranteed now. So it's a two-year guarantee. And San Francisco does rolling guarantees, which means after that, it's going to be year to year. Even Garoppolo, year to year. Mm-hmm. So nothing's too crazy with the, with the San Francisco contracts. Although I do hear, and I believe it because I think it's, it makes sense, I do hear they're a major Le'Veon Bell contender. Make, that major. makes perfect sense. It does, because they probably can't trust Jarek McKinnon, nope. even though they paid him a, a boatload and over two Le'Veon years. And Le'Veon Bell at, at his peak is 10 times better than Jarek McKinnon. And Not 10, but better. Let me let me tell you who else they're in, they're in on. They are the one team making a big, big push for Odell Beckham Jr. Well, I did see a little bit of chatter today that the market is still open on Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, they, have, so, they do have so, the number two pick. So, all right. So, if, however true that may be, yeah. they didn't want any part of Antonio Brown, which was the connect the dots team when this all started with AB, but they would want Odell. Well, I'll say this. Odell's I, I, younger. I mentioned those rolling guarantees, and I wonder if Rosenhaus and Antonio Brown didn't want to deal with that kind of structure okay. again. It's not as bad as Pittsburgh, who doesn't guarantee him at all, but they make you wait till April, fir- April 1st every year to guarantee the salary. Right. That's just San Francisco's way. So I wonder if that if that kept the Rosenhaus away from that, because they had to be interested. Um, you would think. I mean, that, that would seem to be. to be the piece of the puzzle with yeah. Garoppolo and the offense that they built there. Yeah. Yeah, I would so say. what's it going to take for the Giants Oof, to be convinced me. to trade Odell? You tell me. I mean, is certainly the number on, two. on the return? I would think. They have to be blown away. They'd have to be blown so away. So is blown away holding out for a first? Oh, I, I would think. Although that, they're not getting San Francisco's first because that's a high pick. It's the number two. You don't, yeah, think, no. you don't think? I don't think San Francisco does that. No? Well, here's the question. How much has Antonio what Brown a set a market for, for wide receivers? Or how much was his situation so unique that it isn't a market setter? Yeah, uh, his age kind of throws a wrench in this. I mean, Beckham's still so young, and he's in year two of this deal, right? right. I just th- I think that that so means— So what are you talking about, a swap of what? I mean, you could swap six for two, right? Yeah, that that I could see happening. Swap six for two. But does, and Odell Beckham? Does that, yeah. does that guarantee them Kyler Murray? <laughs> what, what if they do it with plans to get Kyler Murray and still end up with Dwayne Haskins at number two? A guy they probably could get at six. <sighs> That's what worries me about yeah. that deal. Well, I, I don't know. Are we entirely sure that the Giants are taking a quarterback? Oh, no. oh. I don't know that we are. No? You think they're going defense? I, defensive I think line? it's possible. Yeah. So that makes that more sense if, you know, sure. again, if you can stay at six and get Dwayne Haskins, why would you move up? But if you aren't entirely going to get Haskins and you you have the, you know, you can go up to two and do whatever you want to do at two. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I, I, at no point over the past two months that I think it was even going to become close that they traded him. But the Giants have to figure out who the heck they are. Right. Right. Well, like they I, have to I, decide. And then that starts with Eli Manning. Are you ready well, to move on or not? No, I actually, I'm okay with, I mean, I'm not because they're not going to win, but I'm okay with getting your quarterback now and slow playing him in with Eli as the veteran. But that should have been last year. Yes. Like they're, they're a year late, maybe two years late on that. Right. But, but we're here and that's the plan. They're not going to throw somebody in with, with Barkley and, and Beckham, you know, around him. I, that makes sense, right? I mean, you don't want to do that to a quarterback. No. I mean, Odo Beckham Jr. with a rookie quarterback just sounds like a disaster, right? Yes, it does. It sounds like a disaster. It does. Um, but what if Odell isn't there? That, I guess that's the point. Right. And now you're going to build don't, around Saquon Barkley. But don't Barkley. you think that's a big part of this? Is we need to sw- we need to flip the culture a little bit. 
Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Right. I, I think, and, I mean, and if, again, that's the big picture of what we've seen that's with what wide I mean about receivers who forever is that they're, they can be team records. But, but specifically with this Giants team who are so fragile right now, and, and if they're going to hang on yeah. to Eli, they're going to be crushed for it. Yes. So if they're going to draft the quarterback and Eli stays, then Beckham can stay. Yeah. Beckham can stay another year. You can do this trade next year right. if you need to. But if Eli's going, if you're going to bring in Kyle Kyle Murray right now, right. and he's going to start day one, you got to get Beckham. You out. better make sure Beckham's on board because yeah. you can't have him miserable week four on the sideline yelling at a quarterback, no. a rookie quarterback. No, you're right. Um, so to me, that's one of the reasons you do do this. Is obviously you've got to be blown away with the trade conversation. But number two, you've got to protect whatever this new quarterback's going to be if you're going to throw him out there week one. Uh, we saw that in Buffalo with Josh yeah. Allen. There was a preservation point, right? Yes. And certainly a culture change. Now that seems to be gone now, now, now that we know they, they were after Antonio Brown. Exactly. But at least for year one of Josh Allen, it was about we've got to slow play this and make this a welcoming Right place to come to, right? So that this guy can get his legs, and he did. I mean, by week and fourteen, he, he looked good. So yeah. I, I sort of understand the Bills' philosophy. I know you had some trouble with the Antonio Brown situation. Well, you know, my my beef with that is they've done nothing but pre- preach about their. But culture. don't you think it was for that? It, it was because we well, have to protect yeah, but, but this beyond young that, the, the, just beyond that, it just aggravates me that we've been beaten over the head yeah. by the Bills' front office and about it's all about the team and it's about the culture and it's about guys that love football and that want to win the you know, that and and it's all. All BS. It's all BS when you have a chance to get one of the best players in the league at a position that you are bereft of any talent, which is why I caution fans to not believe any of that crap. Because in the NFL, it's all about talent. And it's always about talent. And you will convince yourself of anything when it comes to be about talent. Speaking of those bills. Uh Uh-oh, you got some Buffalo news? The bills found it important. Two days before the actual league year start to sign Frank Gore to a one-year, $2 million really? contract. Frank Gore? What is their average running back age oh right now? About 39 God. years old? Yes. I mean, what is I, going I on don't there? I not get that at all. Man. So are you keeping LaShawn McCoy? Maybe not Chris Ivory. Is that well, the guy who gets I would the... assume not Chris Ivory. I mean, you got Patrick DeMarco not, still. You can't go into the season with McCoy, Gore, and Ivory as your running backs. You're getting you. You must be getting rid of Ivory, and you're still going to hold that third spot to draft a young running back. Man, Frank Gore, Frank Gore, and Lashawn McCoy together. I, I even if that's an okay move, and he's a nice player for you, compliment player. Did it have to get done on March 11th? No. Holy cats! No. I mean, it's not breaking the bank. And, and again, see, weird. here's where here's where the Bills, where the hypocritical parts of the Bills comes in. Preach, preach, preach. Culture, 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 culture. Well, then we're going to go after Antonio Brown, but then we're going to bring in this this great, the wise, safest signing of the world, sage leader with the gray hair and running back because he's going to teach all our guys how to be winners. No, wrong. You teach your guys to be winners by winning. And how do you get to be winning by getting good players? Not Frank Gore. Anyway, that's too much. To, to, that's All too right. much for a Any Frank Gore conversation. Any other quarterback news so far? Today? Not yet. Uh, the wide receivers have been light. Uh, actually, I, 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 st- I take that back. Jamison Crowder has agreed with the Jets, so take Adam Humphreys like off the signing. Jets list. Me too. Okay, I, I think like that's that a, signing. Jamison Crowder was a sleeper here yes. for, a, for a few teams. So he that's was a nice really get. good when they had some pretty quarterback play yeah. in uh, in Washington. He was a really limit. He's a slot guy. To, you know, he's good at what he does. Yeah, that's going to be a nice move for Sam Darnold in the long run here. Yes, um, you want a guy. You want to have Sam Darnold have a reliable guy in the middle of the field like that here's what i like uh 
the Titans replaced Jonathan Sip Cyprin with Kenny Vaccaro, who really had okay. a nice comeback year. He really turned I it around. I think there's going to be a lot of safety swapping. Oof, holy cow, the right? safety list is that's, big. But I mean, well, let's I, get to the big one, actually. We, we, we missed Landon Collins here. Okay. Holy cow, Landon Collins, by the way. Six years, $84 million, $45 million guaranteed over the first three years, where the Redskins teams that have has no cap space. So this is, this is probably it for them. I like him as a player, but I think he's a little limited as a player, and he's not necessarily the player that has become what safeties need to be now, which are coverage, which are, which are 70, 60% corners, 40% safeties. He's a big hitting box safety. 100%. You hit, you hit, hit the head. And because of that, do you know what I had him valued at? $8.6 million a year. <laughs> He's just he's just he's a singular player. Right. He he's not an across the board player and he's being he's the highest paid safety in the history of football. Wow. Leave it to the Redskins. It, it's mean, always a Redskins move, right? right? It's always a Redskins right. move that gays go, what? Oh, so what? Um Offensive lineman, anything anything there? I know a lot of teams chasing Paradise, uh, the center from the Broncos, right? Yeah, I, a couple of centers are going to get paid nothing yet. Uh, Jameson Crowder's deal is nice, by the way. Three years, $29 million, $17 million guaranteed. Really, that's a good get for... That's a good, that's get a good slot, solid slot corner contract. Yeah, that's a good get for them. Uh, so the wide receiver market sort of starts there. Like I said, Adam Humphreys is soon to come. Tyrell Williams is soon to come. Golden Tate certainly soon to come. I think um, Tyro Williams is a guy that is going to be way overpaid yeah. by teams that are desperate because it's just he's maybe arguably the top three available wide receivers, but he's never been that player. He's never been asked to be that player. He's never produced like that player with the Chargers. So some team's going to give him a ton of money mm -hmm. and ask him to be a number one or a number two receiver, and then they're going to feel woefully un underwhelmed when he, when he unless he can develop into that, but he hasn't done that yet. He's sort of a, he's sort of a, a streak down the field guy, um, which makes him good at that, but I don't know about a whole lot of other things. In a league where... The, the go route is maybe going away. Yeah, and, right? and in a I mean, league so where there's a ton of <laughs> wide receivers that seem to be more well-rounded in the middle of the rounds of the draft. Yeah, I... Uh to me, now, all right, now, now let me say before you answer that question, we, we've just talked a lot about guys being overpaid, okay? Which always happens this time of year. How much of that a product is this incredible amount of cap space that teams have to spend? And they, they probably know they're overpaying. We're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Right, and the numbers sound like the, like it's overpaid, but if you per, if you change the percentages, and we've done that a few times on Twitter, and we'll continue to do that with the free agent markets here, the percentages are down. Okay. And what I mean by that is the cap is now so high that, for instance, Luke Keekley's contract three years ago with the Carolina Panthers was like 8.5% of the cap. Mm. Well, if, if we talk about Quan Alexander, he didn't even get there. Eight, wow. 8.5% eight, eight of, of the current cap is $16 million. Yeah. So is that the number CJ Mosley is going to get here in a couple of, you know, maybe today or tomorrow? It's an interesting way to think of it. it it's is. the right way to it think of it. It is the right way. And, yeah. and that's why the, the numbers look, you know, crazy on paper and on Twitter and things like that. And they are crazy. There's a, there's a jarring increase, but the cap has increased more. The cap has increased more. So if you think about it in percentages, especially when you're doing these wide receivers, um, you know, it sounds nuts to, to value Adam Humphreys at $10 million a year because he's had 60 catches, you know, and five touchdowns. But that makes him 20th yeah. among wide receivers. Yeah. And percent of cap-wise, I know you need to fit four or five wide receivers in, but, you know, what's 8% for a guy who's right. going to catch you 70 balls possibly? So it's that's the way to look at it, and that's the way we're going to start to spin it when we, we do some articles and things like that is – Percentage-wise, the, the increase in the cap, $10 million over 
each year over the past three years has one given teams tons of cap space to work with, but and two, the ability to carry it over from the year before the rollover. Too. Yeah, yeah, and there's and and let's not leave out education. I mean, yeah, you know, there aren't. They're getting smarter. Teams are getting te- teams are getting these smarter. option contracts where where these five year deals are actually two year deals, like we've mentioned here today. Those are those those make for more space. Right, there's clear cap space. I know one of the things you're great at, and one of the things we like to talk a lot about here is is trends. What what trends are things are changing? Are you seeing any yeah. any trend that you can point to just by the first day of this stuff? Well, you mentioned the safeties market, and it's we've only hit the tip of the iceberg on that. And we've got Tyron Matthew, Earl Thomas, Adrian Amos. I, I can't even think of the other ones, but there's a list of like nine great safeties. A few who have fallen off the board here with Vaccaro and uh, Collins, but. My thinking was going to be that was already a dwindling market financially. My thinking was a saturation like that in the free agent market was going to crush it. It's completely opposite. I mean, Landon, Landon Collins just broke the bank. He broke everybody's thinking about where this was going because Earl Thomas was initially this morning asking for thirteen to fifteen million. Well, now fifteen is where Landon Collins got, you know pulls in with the Redskins. Earl Thomas might 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 be close to sixteen million, and he's thirty years old. So mm-hmm. if that's where the barometer, if that's where the high gets, the ceiling, then all, all this trickled on from there. That that market has completely reset. Um, the the running backs are still where they are, unfortunately. I mean, you know, you had Cream Hunt sign at one million, right, uh, on, for unfortunate circumstances, but he was a, a guy who should have reset this market. Le'Veon Bell, I, I still think will, especially in, in San Fran. Any other rumors on Le'Veon other than San Francisco? Just the Jets. The Jets. The Jets. I think it's. I think it's. I, I would. Agree, I would think down to the Jets and the uh, 49ers. The Raiders made a ton of sense, but they've pumped so much cash into these for next two years. And cash matters, by the way. Cash is, you know, the guaranteed cash dollars come out of the owner's pocket immediately. Right. So if you have to give him 35 million guaranteed, I think the Raiders are probably out in that regard. But mm-hmm. San Fran will do that. Maybe the Jets won't. I'm not sure what the Jets are. The, the, I thought the Jets would be a lot louder today, and they haven't they, been. They're number two in available cap space behind Indy, right? Yeah. So either they're waiting on something, um, or they're just kind of being smart and letting things settle down after this initial day. And, well, I think it's interesting that, I, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, the top four available cap space teams are the Colts, Colts Jets, Jets, Browns, Bills. Texans are in there, too. All right. Yeah. Most of them have been quiet so far. Quiet, um, which makes sense. Which is kind of the opposite of what what I think a lot of fans would have expected, but but I, I think you have to understand that just because you have it doesn't mean you have to spend it. And right. frankly, it, history tells us when you don't spend it, you're better off. Because I think to, to most 80, I think fifty to sixty percent of the deals that we just rattled through here today, teams will regret. Yeah. At some point, very quickly. I, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, I mean, let's talk about Trey Flowers, right? The Jets were in. The Colts were in. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams were in. But when it, when it got to $17 million a year, I bet you a lot of them were laughing. Because don't you think all of those teams are thinking they can wait a couple of days and sign Justin, yeah. Justin Houston at like $10 yeah. million a year? or wait or wait another <laughs> I mean, six weeks. Justin Houston's got like 30 sacks over the right. last three or years. Or wait six weeks and draft one of the 8 to 10 really good sure. edge rushers sure. that are available. I just think there's a second tier of free agents that are going to be available in you know 24 to 48 hours still. And the, those prices are going to be a third of what we saw today. Yeah, because well, that's you've how been on the Justin Houston train for a long time here, yeah. so credit to you. You saw this entire thing happen in Kansas City with it. And, and to that point, D Ford's on the on the block. So if you're going to give up an asset and have to pay D Ford, that's a reason to keep cap space right now as well. If that's what the Jets are thinking, so or you the think Colts Kansas City thinking, can let both guys go? Look, they're they're a mess, and they're they're a mess as it is. 
They have to sign Tyreek Hill. They're going to have to sign Mahomes in a year, um, maybe two. But they are they are finally thinking window and not, you know, you know and, and they're thinking offense to that point. So they can't get rid, of, get rid of Eric Berry this year. It's just not feasible based on the structure. So they have to maneuver elsewhere. Houston was one the first chip to fall. It's not enough. They, they, they're going to have to do something else, whether that's a, a deal for D Ford that's cap-friendly this year, which I think maybe they're, they're against right now based on what they've had to do over the past couple of years. Um, I just think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think they're in the same thinking of the discussion we're having right now, which is we might even be able to get Justin Houston back. Yeah. Right. At 9 million a year. If, if, if we well, do this D4 Ford thing, Ford, right. You think they'd be all over that. Yeah. I, I just, they saved the 14 million by releasing Houston. I, I have to think that there's another tier. There's a, there's a plan B for a lot of these teams. We've mentioned the jets, the Colts, that there's guys waiting in the wings right now. And the price is going to be so much cheaper than 17 million a year. Uh, they it will be value by the time they get it done. So credit to them. Like I said, that's an education thing. Um, you know, it's, Browns were not this way. The Browns spent some money last year early with their hundred million, um, and sort of the 49ers, obviously with Garoppolo. Who the Browns just trade for in the last couple of days? A pretty good sized name, right? Uh, Olivia Vernon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Giving up a, an offensive lineman who was falling out of favor there. So yeah. Okay. Here we go. Breaking news: Nick Foles officially a Jaguar. Okay. All right. You said something that I want to <laughs> ask you about, just because it brings back some interesting memories. But in a lot of ways, it lays the groundwork for what we're talking about here today. You used it just in conversation on saying Plan B, mm-hmm. and it takes me back to the old infamous Plan B free agency. You remember back in the '90s, it was really the first NFL free agency, yeah. and and just to think of what that was then as to what it is now. And I don't remember the numbers, but I think teams could protect thirty seven players and then so basically players 38 to 53 were in an available pool of free agency it's like an expansion draft every year it was and it was crazy and and the smart teams were able to recognize some talent within that group of guys and bring some guys in they were usually older uh or they were younger and untested but it was very interesting back then so that brings up another great point here that's another thing these teams are waiting for, all teams. So adding players means having to subtract players. Right. There's still a whole wave of cap casualties coming here, a whole wave of them, and sure. there's going to be some real players in that list. Right. So that's plan B, maybe plan C for some teams is let's wait and see who's and the other teams, teams trash are going to be. a lot of time yeah. studying other teams' rosters oh, yeah. and salary structure to know, boy, this guy is a likely cut. Yep. So so when they sit and plan their free agency list, it's not just a list that you can all call up online now. It, they've got guys on those lists that they think are going to be available. But those have to evolve based on today's signings is my point. Right. All of those lists now have changed, right? Sure. Trey Flowers going to Detroit. But I bet you the players that teams thought that we're going to get cut two weeks ago are likely still going to be the ones that are going to get cut. Sure, sure. But I mean, a player like Ezekiel Ansah, who is, is for sure leaving the Lions now. Right. For sure. that He's on the list. Though. He's a free agent. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's, but he's the, not, he, not going back. Obviously, he's not coming back. So that's right. what I mean. The list is fluid and it changes based on, right. you know, Monday, Tuesday. But you're talking Wednesday. about guys that are currently on and a team's on the, roster that are going to be cut before Wednesday in order to make room for the ones that they're signing now. That's what I mean. And that's sort of the other hidden part of free agency that doesn't show up on your online that's list the deep of guys scouting. that are available. So that's, that's the roster bubble list that I developed in January. Right. 
right. and I update every week for three months. So have you had anybody <laughs> interested in the roster bubble list in the last couple of days? Uh, I haven't because I was sort of waiting to see how these things hash out, but a lot of those chips have fallen. I'll tell you that, a lot of them. Um, a couple of wide receivers that I thought would go appear to be locked in, Ellen Robinson with Chicago, that just seems like it's not working out. And I know he's coming back from an injury and, and they want to give him another year, but they they could stand to do better at the wide receiver position with the rest of the roster intact at this point. Um, and Emmanuel Sanders, I'm still not convinced that he's coming back. I know they picked up the option. It only guaranteed a million and a half. So mm-hmm. I, I'm still not convinced that he sticks throughout this entire offseason. He's a trade chip, in my opinion, because um, it's a pretty tenable contract for, for the last year. Uh to me, that one's one to watch. He's been on my roster bubble list for a few years now, and now that they've got these kids in play and you know a halfway decent quarterback in Flacco yep. who can throw the ball, yep. I just think um, you know if they go and find a decent draft pick at a wide receiver or if there's a free agent out there who they can replace Sanders with, that's a trade to be made. All right, trade. You mentioned trades. We, mm-hmm. we talked about the potential of Beckham. Uh, any other chatter about guys that are trade possibilities? Because I think with all, I think that's where that list of teams that we talked about that have all that cap room are probably thinking they're better served trading for guys with big cap figures that may get cut or that teams would go, yeah, we don't really want to pay this guy, so what will he give us for him? So has there been anything interesting on that front I, that we uh, could see? I made a list this morning, actually. It was one of my first tweets this morning because I, I was in, I was thinking the same, that today's not just about signings. I mean, we've seen it more and more over the past few years. As soon as 4 p.m. on the new league year hits, one of the first you know breaking news stories that comes out is a massive trade. Right. It, we've seen it every year now for the past right. three or four. So I, I, I think that'll happen again. It could be a D Ford. Uh, it could be a Jerry Hughes out of Buffalo. It could be a Michael Brockers out of the Rams. Um, I've even got uh, two Tampa Bay Buccaneers on this list. Deshaun Jackson, of course, and Cameron Brait, the tight end, Mm -hmm. who I think is is almost a guaranteed trade, just the way I think of it. Because they've already got O.J. Howard. Yeah, and uh, Bruce Arians and tight ends is no good. Yeah, it's just, it's just good, no good. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> it just never has yeah, been. Yeah, you're right. Although in Pittsburgh, they had good tight ends when yeah, he was but there. That's, but in, that's forever ago. Yeah, yeah he couldn't make Arizona, it work in Arizona. Tight ends were never really much of a factor. They tried. The they kept bringing him in, but it just really never worked out. So I, I just think O.J. Howard is, a, is a, an athlete. He'll stick for sure, and he's young and cheap. But Cameron Bate at $7 million, somebody's going to trade for that. That's a... That's a nice player. That's sixty catches. As a starting tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so. Couple of couple of Raiders that probably have to go now after this Landon Collins move. Uh, Zach Brown for sure. I think is going to go. He's and he's a hundred tackle inside linebacker, mm-hmm. and he's cheap now compared to the rest of the market. Right. Uh, and Mason Foster, the other one, because of Ruben Foster. I think, I think both of those guys go. They're trying to get C.J. Mosley there, but I think he prices You're himself Redskins, out of that. Redskins, you said, right? I think you might have said the Raiders Redskins. there. Sorry, Redskins. Yeah, Raiders, Redskins. Redskins. Both, both the inside linebackers and the Redskins, I think, uh, will have to go in some capacity. Uh-huh. Uh, a decent cornerback I put on this list, Xavier Howard, Miami. Yeah, who had a really nice year last he's a, year. He's a nice player, and look, the free agent cornerbacks are kind of... Gu- Kind of garbage. And I think from what I'm hearing, the draft cornerbacks aren't, aren't that great yeah, either. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's a great so year for corners. He, you know? might, he might have a be a big play, and Miami needs to rebuild, and that'd be a nice piece to move and get some assets back for. So I think right. that's going to happen. Um, I, I asked you before, you said quiet mostly on the quarterback front other than the Foles. I mean, huh. Teddy Bridgewater. Let's get the Foles. I got the Teddy numbers Teddy Bridgewater. Here I mean, where are, you know, where are Bortles? I mean, where where's the where's some of the quarterback play? Everybody's kind of got their starters right now that Case Keenum is a redskin, right? So really there isn't anybody that that's that doesn't have a clear-cut starter right now right uh, Miami and if they trade if they dump Tannehill it's it's going to be Miami Bridgewater yeah. to Miami it makes a lot of sense I think that's going to be the only option well that that too yeah 
because uh, let me get to the numbers here. Nick Foles, four years, eighty-eight million. Uh, can get to over a hundred with incentives, so he got over. He got his twenty-two million. Right. That's you know what. Got I his think it's million. more than he's worth. Yeah. But if you're a solid starting quarterback in the NFL with a track record of winning, you're going to get twenty million a year. That's where it is. I mean, that's that's what Dak Prescott's looking at, right? About twenty-two to twenty-three right now. I probably more now with Foles getting twenty-two, right. <laughs> but. Uh, the guaranteed money's 50. So let's hold the phone on that because mm-hmm. <laughs> that essentially means, yeah, that that's probably two years at 50 million. So he got his 25 million a year. Okay. He got his Derek Carr contract All right. is what uh, he got. You know what? Again, that's, that's the cost of doing business to sign a quarterback now. It sure is. Even in Jackson. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, Bridgewater is intriguing to me because I still think he's got a kid with a lot of upside. He's certainly younger. He's, he, it's, it's unusual that a quarterback that young with some track record, both positive and negative with the injury is available on the market. I'm frankly surprised there hasn't been more buzz about him or enough team. You know, again, even last year, he was, you know, the, the, the Saints were willing to trade a pick for a guy they knew had likely no chance of playing there at all. And the Jets were more than willing to get rid of him because they knew he wasn't going to play there either. So may, maybe he isn't the same guy that we think of anymore, which tells me that maybe there is not a starting job for him. Well, let me give you another tidbit. The, uh, the, the Miami Beat guys this morning were pretty adamant about a connection between Tyrod Taylor and the Miami Dolphins. Interesting. So if that's hope you know what you're getting. If that's the bridge quarterback <laughs> oh, before they have quarterback before they that's, get to that's their drafted the, uh, quarterback. That's the, uh, that's the Golden Gate Bridge of quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, but that is a name I heard. So I I, I, I got to be honest. I haven't heard or read Teddy Bridgewater. Anywhere. Okay. Well, then maybe maybe I'm overestimating what what the league thinks. I don't think you are. It's possible. It's possible that he's done. Isn't it possible? Well, it's possible that he's never going to be the kind of starter he was pre-injury in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Washington was a decent chance because he'd be cheap, and Washington had to go cheap. Yeah, I mean, you think it's a better option than Case Keenum? I, mean, you know, I, I don't think I, so. I heard a Washington sports writer on a sports talk show today say, when asked about Case Keenum, is like, well, you know, when you sign Case Keenum, you're guaranteed to be under 500. <laughs> you know, and I, I think the point he was making was, yes, is he a is a respectable NFL starter? Yes, but that's you're he's a he's got seven and nine written all over him outside of one magical year in Minnesota when their defense was great and everything fell in place. Yeah, I think that's right. Can, you know, can he start 14 to 16 games for you? Sure. And you get solid quarterback play out of him. But but and that was sort of my alluding to the joke of Tyrod Taylor. You're always going to be longing for more and you should be expecting more out of your quarterback. I'm trying to think of so my head right Redskins now. maybe the Redskins are going to draft a young guy and they want Case Keenum to be the placeholder for now. I mean, did, I, there's a chance Bridgewater never starts again. Yes. Because if which, there's no one this which year. Which would surprise me, but I would understand it. That's crazy. There's a chance. Which tells me that he's just not, he's he's a shell of what he was. That's a chance that Bridgewater, Tannehill, Bortles. Done Never for, start another done game in forever. their career. Yeah. Yeah. Backups for life. Yeah. Although huh. they'll sign back, they'll be backups yeah. in, in places and because backups play, they'll play. But yes, it, that's a very interesting question. Will it, it, those three guys ever start another game in the NFL? I shouldn't say that. I thought of a team. I thought of a team. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to have to do something because if they don't love Winston, and this is it for him, this is the fifth this year. This is option. the last year, yes. Um, this is it. So, so you're saying bring Bridgewater in as his backup and ready to take over? That's to me that makes some sense. Okay, that makes some sense. So so maybe there's some, there's a possibility there. Um, but yeah, it's getting thin. We it's a complete 180 from last year. I mean, this time last year, all we were talking about was 
eight quarterback openings. Yes. It's a complete 180. So, but you know, it's going to be cyclical. Don't you think uh, a few teams learned their lesson last year too with that? <laughs> Are you talking about the Vikings? I am talking and the about Broncos. the Broncos. Yes, I am. Look at I'm gonna I want to end this podcast on Kirk Cousins because I. I I put out a tweet. It was like a philosophical tweet, which I never do. I like those. I, I took a, I made a stance. I had a hot take. It was awful. Um, but <laughs> it's not. It's not Mike's thing. Mike's. Mike's a numbers I'm a facts guy, guy. I'm a facts and, a, guy. and a, just a facts man kind of a guy. So uh, uh, yeah. But I want. I want to bring you into this conversation because uh, I, here's my thinking. And of course, it gets back to Antonio Brown because what else is there to talk about, right? If Antonio Brown's contract was fully guaranteed in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. four years, $68 million. He was 27 when he signed that. Right. If it was a fully guaranteed $68 million contract, are we even here right now? So you're saying the Steelers would have, been able, would have had to have tolerated a lot of this bad behavior because they couldn't get rid of him because the contract was guaranteed? Or, Both. or, or is Antonio happier Both. because his contract was guaranteed? Because he's guaranteed $15 million I feel like Antonio's a guy that was never going to be happy. Based on the comments that were made, he 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 had somehow gotten that bug up as you know what that Ben was getting too much of the credit and he deserved more of it and he didn't like um, you know taking a step back from the 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 accomplished and acknowledged leader of that team and in that city. Here here's a let me spin this off a little bit though. You're right, but for I think I definitely think there's a chance he's happier. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, because he's probably still going to make fifteen million this year. Right. Right. Which is what he was set to make. It just wasn't guaranteed. Um, but the point of this is, because because these contracts have this funny money, this fluff at the end of all these deals, right? Even the one signing today, like I said, Landon Collins, eighty-four million, but only forty-five guaranteed. Yeah. That's a ton of fluff. Right. A ton. Yeah. Because of that fluff, when you get into those years, there's so much what if. It's, we, what if he gets released? What if he gets traded? What if it gets restructured? What if he's not happy? What if the team's not happy? All that exists because these deals aren't guaranteed. And I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily pushing for every guaranteed, co- or contract is guaranteed. I'm not saying that, because I think that's a big step. But what if, what if these elite contracts started to be fully guaranteed? What if Antonio Brown and Kirk Cousins and, and you know, well, I get it. Who's elite? Who's not elite? But Antonio Brown's elite. I don't yeah, think but, but I wasn't argue thinking that. of that when you said it. I was thinking of what kind of lessons are going to be learned from Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham's behavior. Because if, if, if they're going to be moved, it's because teams have just had enough of them. And that's more of a reason to me to not guarantee those deals. Because particularly if, if a guy is yeah. signs but of one being hand's a problem feed the other child, though, you don't want to be stuck with that. One hand's got to feed the other. That the reason Antonio Brown was miserable is because he's got $39 million left on his contract, which he is not guaranteed if he busts his knee tomorrow. That, that's, 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 I give him credit for being miserable at that. And he's not, he's not said that. He's thrown his quarterback under the bus. He's thrown his team under the bus. He has not come out and said, I wanted more money. But I, I get it. Even if that's not his real point, I get it, right? And, and players of this caliber, Odell Beckham should have a, a fully guaranteed contract right now. He should. But but there's only one guy in the league years. that has that. That's so, right. So to but, think but, the, but, but here's the point. For you to say should, I think is a is a bit of a step forward. No, I I want to make that's the stance I want to take because nobody's talking about Kirk Cousins getting moved. Nobody. Right. You're not the, you're not removing Kirk Cousins from the, the Vikings in any you capacity. Can't. You can't. Can't. And that's I don't want that to happen. Right. I don't want every player to be unmovable. I love trades. I right. love them. 
But I this, think the teams want to have that flexibility for when a player does something like Antonio Brown is they don't have to say, oh, my God, how are we going to handle this guy because we can't get rid of him now. But although maybe the Steelers would say for what they for the dead cap hit and what lack of return they got, maybe they'd be going. Okay. I wish we wish he was guaranteed. It's a bad look right now. Because we could go back to him and say, you're not going anywhere. It's a bad look. And that look exists because of the fluff. It's, yeah. we're, we're here because the three years remaining on his deal were BS. Be, because, That's why we're here. Because all these contracts are BS. Because Rosenhaus and Antonio Brown came well, then, forward and but said, then the we agents can put the take pressure some on of them. The, the agents and the players oh, yeah. for signing them take some of the blame, too. Right. And that's, because but that's because we know why they're fluff. Because, that's my point. Because if Landon Collins signed a two-year guaranteed $45 million contract, it wouldn't get all the headlines and all the wows that the $85 million one it's does. It's the same conversation we have with Bryce Harper. It's the exact same conversation, right? At some point... The two minds are going to come together, right? The teams are going to realize, well, here's the thing. Teams are fleecing the media right now. Right. Landon, Landon Collins is not a six-year deal. He's never going to be in Washington for six right. years. But that's how it's Maybe going to be reported. Maybe not even four, right? That's how it's going to be reported, yeah. But, but that's leverage the team has until Antonio Brown is my point. Antonio Brown took that leverage away because he's elite, because right. Drew Rosenhaus said, we, we're not dealing with these three years of BS in this contract. We're done with it. If you're not going to guarantee it, and we know you're not because you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're done. We're getting the H out of here. That's, that is a power move that worked, and it should have worked because that contract is bogus. Right. It's a bogus contract. Are you saying to me... What I'm saying is Kirk Cousins' deal is perfect. No, I know, it's but perfect. I think what you're <laughs> alluding to is this Antonio Brown thing could have been completely and totally orchestrated. It worked. Okay. I'm not yeah. going to say it was on purpose. I'm, I'm not, not going to yeah, say. I'm not trying to say Drew Rosenhaus orchestrated all this, but if there's anybody, any agent that we know of, it, it, he could be the one that would. And again, that's what I said to you at the beginning of this podcast. There's part of me that says Antonio Brown did all these things you're not supposed to do as an athlete, and he still won. He won because of all the, because the, the Steelers had the choice. Right. They had the choice. Right. Right. They so, couldn't trade so him the Buffalo. if you take the choice away, then maybe the, the, the repercussions both are positive on both sides. Think about it if the, if the $39 million was guaranteed. Is that a tradable contract? No. Buffalo wasn't going to give him a deal. San Fran probably wasn't. Right. The Raiders did, and they gave him more. Right. So it probably, at the end of the day, was tradable. Oakland probably would have taken the three-year guarantee, right? And that's fine. But it'd be harder, and that's my point. And my point isn't to, to make guys not movable. My point is, I'm done with six-year deals that are two-year deals. Mm-hmm. I'm done with those. I'm done with the fluff, right? Because that guy is movable if it's a two-year deal. He's going to free agency in two years, right? Right? Which is, he's right. going to be anyway. He's going to be anyway. The, the players and Rosenhaus, if this was a power move, it's a great power move. Because if this is him being, you know, the, the forefront of, and, and the leader of this pack to say, we're done with the fluff, I love it. I love it. He did it with a 31-year-old wide receiver. Yeah, which is amazing. He did it. Which is amazing. All right? You know? So it's time for... Look, at Aaron Rodgers' deal is garbage compared to this. Right. It's garbage. He should be on a four-year fully guaranteed deal. He should be the first player with a four-year guarantee. He didn't do it. He didn't even come close to it. His cash flow is phenomenal. He's going to be happy for the rest of his life. But from a football business standpoint, he failed. And Aaron Rodgers failed because that he had a chance to be a make a power move with a four year guarantee and he didn't do it. So I to me that's this was ugly. You know, here in Buffalo it was really ugly in terms yeah. of Antonio Brown. Yep. But it, look at he won. And if this is a step in the direction for elite players to become that kind of focused and gain that kind of leverage, get rid of the fluff. 
do it. All right, so that's your lesson to everybody who's listening to this yeah. podcast. Do not pay attention to the fluff. Yeah. Go to SpotTrack.com and find out what the contract potential really out. We call are. it the potential out. It's yeah. on every player's and, and, and page. And don't listen and pay attention to all the numbers being thrown around by, the, I think it's sometimes the lazy media that yeah. just repeats them. That's where you need Mike and SpotTrack to find out what the real truth is. Well, going to be more fun stuff that will likely happen over the next uh, 36 hours heading towards the official start of free agency Wednesday trades and signing and releases best place to stay on top of all of it is spottrack.com give us a like on the uh, on your podcast venues for listening to this and stick with us we'll uh, maybe we'll have one later on in the week to wrap all we're this gonna stuff have to, up yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to do that to wrap all this stuff up with a lot more to talk about but thanks for joining us on our pre free agency edition of the spottrack.com podcast